Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. And welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Celeste Benchwall and Genevieve Hayward. How are you doing, Genevieve? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Good. So, Genevieve, you're a local musician, and this is our first kind of like music interview that we've that we've done, and we've been oh, wanting wow. to interview musicians who are doing stuff in Door County for a while. Yeah. So, welcome to the podcast, and uh, I can't wait to to learn all about your music background. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. <laughs> so, Exciting. I know that you uh you're really involved in Steelbridge. Yeah. Uh, but why don't we start at the beginning? What kind of got you into music? Music in general. Whoa. Well, um I have to give my parents a lot of credit for that. My mom kind of saw it in me as a little girl and then um started with piano lessons at 9 and me wanting to quit repeatedly for the first three years and my mom being like nope (laughs) you know I didn't raise a quitter so I was like all right and then you know fell in love with that and then I started doing weirdly enough karaoke was like a really big part of my growing up so I think that kind of the performance aspect was there with uh every Friday night or Thursday night we'd go to like the my mom would take me to a karaoke bar or whatever and I would sing Janis Joplin or out of James and my mom really saw a lot going on there and then from there, I did School of Rock for a while. And that that was a really big with um, learning about where the songs came from and how to really perform these rock songs and doing the Beatles and Stevie Nicks and all that stuff. And then I started writing when I was about 13 or 14 when I learned how to sing and play piano at the same time. So, yeah, I just kind of took off from there. And like I said, my mom was really really helpful in like doing everything that she could to introduce me to people. And, you know, my mom's not really musical at all. And neither is my dad or anyone in my family, except my, my brother does do music as well though. But she really hooked me up when I was, when I was young and I loved it and she saw that. So yeah. Where did you grow up and and what are your connections to Door County? Um, I, well, I grew up in like Geneva from a baby until I was like about 18, but my parents have always had a cabin on Washington Island. Um, so we would drive through the peninsula every summer and I'd live up there for the summer months. And then originally my dad wanted to live up there and my mom was like, eh. she's like, maybe, you know, we can have another house though, a small little house really close to the island. So they just got a house in Sturgeon Bay a couple years ago. Whoa. Yeah. A couple <laughs> years ago or a little over a year. And yeah. So I've been, I've grew up in Door County pretty much when I was little and in the summertime and stuff. I prefer Door County over Lake Geneva, though, <laughs> any day. <laughs> what were what were kind of your first steps into the Door County music scene? Probably on Washington Island, because, you know, we would drive up and we'd try to bypass all the little towns. We're like, we're going to the boat. You know, we got to catch the boat. We didn't really make a lot of stops or anything. But um, growing up up there at, at Fiddler's Green, there's like a little uh, cool restaurant, music venue. Um, they would have open jams, so... That was another another big thing for 12-year-old Genevieve was 
you know, singing Oh Darling with some of the guys up there around the jam circle and uh, kind of learning how to pick up the guitar and play along with them and kind of having to do stuff on the spot. Um, there's also jazz every Friday night or Thursday night, Thursday night up there. So I was singing jazz with the jazz band and kind of hitting all the spots up there. KK Fisk, I would, you know, did my first few shows there really. Um, and then from there it kind of, I haven't honestly played, I've played Door County enough, but like this summer I would say I'm playing more in Door County than I've ever played. And I did that on purpose really because I haven't, it's awesome. And I know the music up here is amazing. Like the music scene is awesome. So from there, you know, Washington Island, I kind of, my parents got the house in Sturgeon Bay and kind of got my foot in the door. Very cool. Um, so in terms of your songwriting, do you find that Door County is like really inspiring for that? Like, does it? Oh, filter into your music a absolutely lot? big time because it's it's so beautiful and it's really peaceful and I've been to a lot of different places and I'll tell you right now like Door County will always be like I can have writer's block forever and all these different beautiful awesome places and then I come to Door County and it's just like gone disappears you know mm -hmm. um it is really inspiring and the people too are like people are so friendly here and other musicians here are really friendly and they want to collab and they want to write and they want to work together and book shows together and help each other out. So, yeah, it's so inspiring here. Absolutely. How would you describe your your music? What what inspires you? I know that you talked a little bit about like School of Rock and learning <laughs> the classics. Was that part of it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I was like a like a little girl from the 70s or 80s when I was like 13. I had Beatles posters all over my rooms. I wore Beatles T-shirts to school. Um I had a big thing for Stevie Nicks. I was obsessed with her. Uh, but absolutely, learning about this old classic tunes at a really young age opened my eyes a lot. Um, I mean, Amy Winehouse, Fiona Apple, just the classics, you know what I mean? And they've all been really big influence for me. I've been really into Glenn Campbell lately. Campbell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's that's been really cool. A lot of different country. Patsy Cline, um, Emmy Lou Harris. A lot of the country influences too, but um, yeah, School of Rock really helped with that big time. For sure. And we t I talked to you last summer a little bit um, for an article that I wrote, and we talked about your debut album. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that experience and like kind of describe what that album yeah. you know, is all about? Absolutely. So it's not like anyone's listening was released in 2017, my 18th birthday. And I will say that that kids, if you're listening to this, if you're trying to graduate high school and you're like, I'm going to make an album while I try to graduate, it's really, really hard. Don't stop yourself from doing it, but it's really hard to do. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't regret anything. It was amazing. I worked with uh, a guy named Dan, Dan Stoffels, Dan Stoffels, who really like showed me the ropes of making an album, making my website, like, getting the merch, really legit though, not half Butting any, <laughs> you know, doing it all the way though. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was a really amazing experience. Those songs were like the songs I, I had written from 15 until I was like 19. So it was, well, 18, because I released it on my 18th birthday. So not physically possible for songs when I was 19, but <laughs> like about 15 to 18. So those were that collection of songs on the album is really like my first. I mean, now I kind of look at it and I'm just like, ah, oh, the songs I'm writing now are so much different from then. And I've been through so much more, but it's, uh, I don't know the word. 
not iconic. That's not the word at all. <laughs> it, it's more so like, I don't know, there's a lot of like growth and a lot of, like I look at that album and I'm just like, I was so little, but it was like, I was so, that that was a big accomplish for, accomplishment for me at that time to release a full length album. And I had like these big release shows and we sold like a hundred tickets for one of the shows. I mean, it was like really crazy. And I've learned so much from then, you know? Um, how would you describe the genre of that album? Like it's, it's a lot of piano. Yeah. And yeah. I would say like maybe poppy, but what it is. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. It is. Cause people ask me that all the time and I'm always like, well, it's a collection of my first 11 songs. So yeah. none of them are really following a rule. There's like mm -hmm. a really country song on it and there's some like nineties rock kind of sounding stuff. Um, I would say overall piano pop. If you're like listening to like old Sia or something, or I would say Fiona Apple a little bit. Piano pops are good. It's kind of all over the map, though. Definitely. How did you go about actually producing your first album? Was it something that you did locally here? Did you go somewhere else to do that? It was very, very DIY. So we did vocals in my house. He Dano has like a traveling studio kind of, so he would set up really wherever we needed to. So, um... Yeah, we had to do vocals in my house. Actually, we had to, like, shut the heat off because it needed to be silent. So I'd be like, all right, mom and dad, put your sweaters on. We got to shut the heater off for a couple hours. Uh, so, yeah, we did vocals at my my house. We used my um, high school's choir room for the piano tracks. Um, their Badger High School is nice enough and very generous in allowing Dan and I to use that space. We also used this little cabin, Barrett Tasky's cabin in Lily Lake. So it was all done in the like Geneva area, um, but they did drums and bass and all the extra stuff in a little cabin. So yeah, super DIY. Not like I went to this big studio and you know it was like wherever we needed to go, which was perfect. I mean, it was it was really fun and for someone really young trying to do an album, there wasn't like a lot of pressure. I mean, there was pressure, but it wasn't like going into this big studio and being like, oh, God, I can't mess up. It was very, like, comforting and in my house, you know, so it was it was fun. I had a good time. Tell me a little bit about the the, the musician's journey. So what is it like not only producing your own album, but, you know, touring around and mm -hmm. getting gigs and like how if somebody was looking in into getting into music, mm. wanting to really explore this passion, uh, yeah. especially like in a place like Door County where there's, you know, hundreds of venues across multiple locations. Mm -hmm. Where Where's the first step start? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I will say like when I was making the record, I wasn't playing nearly as many gigs as I am now. And I would say that like I'm currently in the peak of learning stuff. If I could look at myself two years ago even I've learned a ridiculous, like, more in, about music than I have in those two years than I have in my whole life before then. I mean, really eye-opening stuff. I, I never went to college, so that's that's a big thing. I kind of jumped straight into the music world. Um, I give a lot of credit to Pat McDonald and the Holiday Music Motel and MJ and Steelbridge Songfest and stuff for... I went there when I was 15, my first festival, and I was looking around, and I'm like, you can do this full-time, you know? I mean, it's really hard, and you are your own boss and, you know, it's not like I'm getting graded on my songs or, you know, if I don't book my gigs, it's not like a professor is going to give me a D minus. It's like I don't get money and then I don't get to eat food <laughs> or something, you know. So um, I haven't come to that point, thank God. But I just got off of a, a month long tour with Eric McFadden, which was my longest tour I've ever been on. And that was like 
one of the most eye-opening, life-changing, reflective experiences. And I would say to somebody that wants to be a musician, you have to really be able to go with the flow and you have to be able to take punches and you have to just be able to sleep on a couch. Sometimes you can't eat when you want to eat. Sometimes you can't shower when you want to shower. Sometimes things go wrong. People are buttholes. So they like sometimes don't have things going as you would want them to go, you know? So you have to just be able to be like, all right, well, this is happening right now and I just kind of have to deal with it. Um, I'm a big overthinker. I've, I've struggled with anxiety a little bit. So it was like weirdly eye-opening too to be like, you kind of have to push that aside. You kind of have to be like, things are not perfect and you just have to know what you want. And at the end of the day, you have to look down that tunnel and see exactly what's at the end of it. Like, all right, well, that's what I'm going for. So whatever obstacles are in the way, I'm just going to keep keep on going to that. And that just shows how badly you really want to do it or how much of a passion it is to you. And I've seen that with musicians that just can't handle it. And not that they're not passionate about music, but it, like I said, it, it shows for somebody that's willing to like risk everything to like go do that. And I mean, everything's different too from getting paid. Like as a musician, it, like I said, it's so spontaneous. You don't know what's going to happen sometimes. Every gig is different. Every single gig you play, it's not like you go into work every day. You know what's there. It's like every time, even if you play the same venues, it's always, it's like different every time. The people there are different. You kind of have to learn to get a little bit of a hard shell too because you're opening up yourself. You're an artist. You're opening up some of the most raw, vulnerable parts of you to strangers. And sometimes people can be critical or sometimes people can talk while you're singing a song about this like awful heartbreak you went through and some drunk person's like laughing in the corner. You have to just kind of put on your poker face and deal with it. You know, it's it's tricky. It can be really punchy in the emotions sometimes, but all of us musicians are already too sensitive anyway, yeah. so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, in terms of like getting shows booked and stuff, I would imagine, is it a lot of like putting yourself out there and like talking to these people that own the venues and saying like, Hey, I'm a musician. Would you have me play a show here? And like yeah. giving them, you know, like your album to listen to, like stuff like that. Or are people like kind of asking you yeah, to play shows now? Totally. Well, it's been like, it's been really good lately. I've been getting people reaching out to me, which is the goal really because it's a little less work um I started off cold calling just sending out emails to venues and being like hi I'm 15 years old and I have three original songs can I play you know what I mean and doing a lot of open mics growing up and stuff um booking can be one of the most uh like everyone's like oh you sing for a living that's so fun it's like no <laughs> it is so so much more than just singing and writing the songs and stuff. I mean, booking is a whole thing in itself. There's really an art to it. And if there's any people listening to this that do own a music venue and want to know things that can make it easier for musicians, like getting a response, like if you ask a musician to play like two weeks before the date you're asking, that's aggravating. You know what I mean? Or like not providing food. If you guys serve food, that's really aggravating. Mm -hmm. Like not willing to pay over 75 bucks for three hours plus you have to bring your own sound that's really aggravating you know like you kind of have to go with some stuff there was I had to do gigs like that just like everyone else growing up though you just you kind of have to like work your way up to it and get the name going and stuff like I said it's been going really really good lately like how I would want it to be if I was looking back you know 15 year old Genevieve looking forward at me now but 
booking is it is tricky because you do have to kind of put yourself out there and mm -hmm. you have to like be a little pushy with it. And if they don't answer, email them next week. If they don't answer again, send them another email. You know, you have to be like, hi, I'm still here. And sometimes they're just like, oh, sorry, we haven't checked our booking email or a whole list of things, you know. But yeah, that's another thing. Booking. You could send 10 out, get one back. Mm -hmm. Kind of have to just deal with it and be willing to take what you can get sometimes, you know. Yeah, I would imagine that's even harder for like places outside of the state. If you're touring out of state, like how do yeah. you even know what venues to look at? Absolutely. Stuff like that, it's so. real. And that's why like going on tour with Eric has been really nice because we were playing these amazing venues and I was opening for him and then I would sing on his songs and I got to directly talk to the club owners or talk to the promoters or whatever. So versus like cold calling or sending an email can be like it gets so pushed aside. They can freaking put you in the spam folder, you know, for all you know. It's it's kind of mm -hmm. like out-of-state stuff is really, really hard. That's something I'm working at. But, yeah, opening for bands and stuff and playing those crappy gigs sometimes in other states because you can't expect to play these awesome rooms when you don't have a following or you've never been there before. Mm -hmm. Out-of-state booking is really hard. Absolutely. Well, with that, why don't we take a break? And when we get back, I want to talk about the projects that you have going on right now, collaborating in Door County, the Steelbridge Song Festival, all of that kind of stuff, because you've got your hands in a lot of different projects right now. And uh, I'm excited to hear about that. <laughs> they call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Mackin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So what types of shows do you have coming up? Are you going back on tour? Yeah, so I just got off of a month-long tour from, uh, I was in Texas, New Mexico, and California with Mr. Eric McFadden, who is a, we have a show together tonight and also on Friday in Stevens Point. Um, and I do have, so you can find Genevieve Herod and the North. So anytime you see that advertising Genevieve Herod and the North, that means that I do have a full band with me. So June's really full. I have Steelbridge coming up uh, on the 19th of June. We're at the Blue Opus. The 20th, we're at Husby's. Um, I will also be at the Limelight Pub with Tay, without the band, on the 26th of June. Um, also at Mojo Rosa's in Egg Harbor. The 29th, I'll have the band with me. And I also will be playing uh, Mila Music in August, which is the first weekend, which is really cool. There is so much good music there. Um... I'm playing with Pat McDonald at the DCA coming up in July as well. And um, I'm really excited to announce, I can finally say the tickets are booked. I have a uh, Norwegian tour coming up. So Marcus, Trana, Nikuver, and I are heading overseas to Marcus's homeland. <laughs> and uh, we're leaving October 22nd and we'll be doing a little, little over a two week run there. 
So I'll have my new my new EP and we'll be hitting Oslo and other cities that I definitely can't pronounce right now, but I will be able to. <laughs> Are there, is that going to be your first like international gigs? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Look at you. You're an international celebrity. Oh, now. God. <laughs> ah, it's a really, it's it's crazy to say it like that, but I guess in a sense it is. Um, it'll be my first tour myself too. I've done a couple tours in the past, but I was always with other people. So this tour coming up will be advertised like Genevieve Hayward and the North. So this is, this will be my first tour, not only with a band as my own name, but it's also uh, across seas, which is really cool. So yeah, a lot of really exciting things coming up. So why don't you tell me a little bit about the, the Door County music scene and how you've been collaborating with different artists in the county? Well, um, there's one girl named Tay, T-A-E. She's one of my one of my dearest friends. She is insanely talented. She's got the this huge voice. We do a lot of collaboration together. Just last night we played in Stevens Point, great show. Um, She's out of Green Bay, kind of half and half between Green Bay and Ripon right now. But um, I do a lot of collaborating with her. We write, play shows. Um, You've been kind of in the Door County music scene for a while. I mean, the the story of you kind of growing up on the island and like sitting in and, and you know, cutting your teeth there doing mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is really is really cool. Uh, but you also found your way into the Steelbridge Song Festival, right? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah, it's actually a really funny story of how the butterfly effect really took place that day that I met Pat McDonald. Um, my family, my parents and I and my friend, we were going up to Washington Island for Thanksgiving and we ended up missing the boat. And so my mom's like, oh, okay, well, let's just stay a night in Door County. Oh, look at this cool little holiday music motel. So at the time, we were very bummed we missed a boat. But if we didn't miss that boat, my life could be very different right now. Um, So we stayed a night at the, I was 14 at the time. I think I just finished writing my, like, second original song ever. And my mom asked, you know, I think it was Teresa who was working at the desk. She's like, is there, like, an open mic around? My daughter plays music and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, yeah, go to Pooh's Corner. Um, Chris Aaron runs an open mic down there. Um... And so we went down there and we show up and he's like, oh, uh, well, you know, we don't really, we'll try to squeeze you in for a song, but it's going to be tricky because you got here kind of late. And so we're like, okay. And then Pat McDonald was there playing bass, I think. I remember being like, the guy kind of looks like Ozzy Osbourne. He must be a rock star. (laughs) And uh, so Chris was like, all right, we got, we'll pull you up for, you know, real quick. And then I, you know standing there I'm like this is my original song and I played it and they're like woo do another one so I was like all right and I played another one and then afterwards Pat came up to me and was like yo Steelbird song fest and I was like what is that you know and gave my mom a brochure and st- or a card or brochure thing and she's like all right well we'll think about it because she's just going into high school or I was in high school so also uh Chris Aaron, rest in peace, beautiful man. If it was not for Chris Aaron, I don't even know if I would have met Pat McDonald. So shout out to my boy, Chris Aaron. <laughs> but pretty much my mom was like, all right, well, let's let's do this if you really want to do it. I had enough songs. I was 15 and I did the construction or I did the festival portion just, just that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the bar crawl that they've done in the past. And then from there, Pat's like, all right, why don't you come right? And my mom was like, I don't know if I can let my 16-year-old be a week in a motel. That was as long as I'd been away from my mom, you know, with a bunch of very much adult humans. <laughs> but MJ and my mom both kept in touch and they were like, all right, let's let her do it. So then I did it. 
you know, the first week and I fell in love with it. I met some of the people that I never connected with the way I had at that festival that were so encouraging. And so like, you can do music if you really like push yourself to do it. I mean, taught me, talked about the music industry with me, the music business, how to write songs really, because stuff that you could go to college for, but you would not even get close to the education that you would get at Steelbridge because college is not raw about it. College would be like, oh, this is like the basics of what you need to know. Beep, 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 you know, versus like going to a festival, you're seeing firsthand people with that are doing it. You know what I mean? That are really pushing it and writing and doing the stuff. So I've been hooked and I've been very involved with that festival ever since I do Dark Songs and Love on Holiday as well. I'm really, really close with Pat and MJ. I call them mom and dad. <laughs> you know? for, for people who don't know, give me a quick like two second elevator pitch for what Steelbridge Song Festival is. Sure. All right. So uh, 30 to 50 musicians, depending on the festival, we go to this motel, Holiday Music Motel. And there's also Love on Holiday, which is February. Dark Songs is in October. We spin a bottle with a laser pointer. You get paired up with two other musicians and um, there's three to four studios set up in the rooms. And um, you go and write music based on whether it's Steel Bridge, you write off of the bridge. Love on Holiday, you write love songs. Dark songs, you write spooky songs or whatever. Um, And you write these songs and you spin the bottle a few more times that week. And then that weekend, you perform the songs that you've written, which is a really difficult task because some of those songs are not even 24 hours old and you're playing them to a freaking room of 150 people. You know, and we perform the songs and get really close and we stay up till six in the morning and are all over caffeinated. It's great, though. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much that. <laughs> so you've got Steelbridge. You're you're part of the festival this year, correct? Yes. OK. And, and when is and when is Steelbridge coming up for people who don't know? It's like the 14th and yeah. 15th. I'm pretty sure. Let me look real quick. On my calendar. I actually didn't realize that it was so quick. For some yeah. reason, I, I know. thought it was like in the. Me like, too. There's like <laughs> a million different festivals going on that weekend. We've got Beer Fest here. We've got Steel Bridge. Yeah. There's something else too. There's a lot of different things going on. Um, it's the 14th and 15th. And this year they're switching it up a little bit. They're not doing the pub crawl like they have in the past. Um, they're just doing the tap shows. And then there's some underground jams going on, you know, like they usually would do after the shows at the fire company and at Butch's. Um, it's going to be great, though. MJ does so, and another woman named Nicole who helps, they do so, so much. I mean, they, they book that whole thing, really. It's honestly a process that could probably use, like, 10 other people involved in it. But it's, you know, they really take it on. So this this year, well-deserved, they were like, you know what? Let's take a break from the pub crawl, not to say that they'll never do it again. But they're like, we're going to take a little break and we're just going to do it like we've done Love and Holiday or Dark Songs. It's still going to be a blast. It's still going to be us writing the songs and doing it. You know, from an outsider's perspective, I, I was a little disappointed when I heard that it wasn't going to be the pub crawl. Because for me, going down to Sturgeon Bay and seeing such a vastly different uh, clientele in the town mm-hmm. was awesome because it was like, hey, everybody is young and hip and hanging out and artistic. <laughs> and you don't always see that like permeating Door County. Absolutely. Uh, especially outside of the summer. Yeah. But knowing that Steelbridge is about, you know, collaborating, coming together, mm-hmm. writing music, and then putting it on the next week, mm-hmm. having it, you know, in a central location showcases that a lot exactly. more. Uh, so I'm I'm excited to check it out this year just because, like, I'm really into the artistry of that, of getting together, making something new, and putting it on raw like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, too, a lot of people, because 
I've heard from other people too. They're like, oh, you're not doing it and stuff. And it's like, I feel like people only see like that weekend where they don't realize the hours and like the sleep deprivation and the exhaustion of the artist. I mean, we are all shot at the end of that week because we really don't get much sleep and doing that festival on top of it. Yeah, it's really fun. But um, I think what the festival is about and what it's been about from the start is about the steel bridge and why we write these songs and preserving the bridge and stuff. And it's easy to kind of let fun get in the way of that too. You know what I mean? To be like, oh, you know, we get to go drink and go to this festival. But I think as far as like um, one of the artists and knowing the people that do put it together, there's been, there's going to be so much less stress going on and it's going to be a really nice chill, still a little hectic because it always is, but um, it's going to be really nice. And I still think the public will, they're going to love it anyways. You know what I mean? It's still the same artist doing the, well, there's a few new artists, but still the same artist doing songs about the bridge and having a good time. Tell me about some of the other projects that you're working on this year. Woo. All right. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, so I am currently collabing with Mr. Marcus Tirana, uh, who is living in Sturgeon Bay. He's got a studio called painted recordings at the tambourine, which is right next to the holiday music motel. And we are working on my second disc. It's going to be EP five songs. Um, This is definitely more Americana side of me. I would like if somebody were to be like, well, what would you compare it to or whatever, even though I don't like comparing, but I'd say it's got like a super Brandy Carlisle vibe to it. Um, Maybe a little Emmy Lou in there too. It's very Americana. Um, It's going to call, it's going to be called the river. I just released a title track off of that. The river. Uh, a couple days ago with a music video, which you can find it everywhere. We'll talk about where and socials and stuff at the end. So yeah, we're going to release that soon. Sometime this summer. We're not rushing anything. We're going to release another single, I think. And then also, um, I do have a full band this summer, which is very new for me. Um, and I'm so, so excited because I've played with bands in the past that we didn't really rehearse or they didn't know the songs. And but with Marcus and um, my guitarist, Nick Hoover, who's in Death Folk, they're a popular name up in Door County. Um, we've been rehearsing for the last few months. We have our first show coming up June 19th at the Blue Opus in Green Bay, which will be really, really fun. And then the next night we're at Husby's. I am just over the top excited for it, though, just because I've never really had that. And I love playing with those guys. I mean, like we all get along really, really great. And you could tell they enjoy the music. And I, I enjoy how they play. So um, I'll still have a lot of solo shows too, but I do have a lot of full band shows coming up, which I'm, like I said, very excited for. Where can people hear your music, find out more about where you're going to be, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Uh, so I have all my dates up on my website. It's just GenevieveHayward.com, G-E-N-E-V-I-E-V-E-H-E-Y-W-A-R-D.com. And you can also look me up on Facebook, just Genevieve Hayward. Drop my page a like. Um, And I also am trying to push my Instagram more, too. I'm trying to promote that a little more and have that as my music page as well. And that's just Jen Hayward, G-E-N-H-E-Y-W-A-R-D. That's my handle. And... Really, I'm on Spotify. I have music, my singles out, out on there, Apple Music, really any streaming platforms. I don't know what other stream, but I know there's more out there. Um, so any of the streaming platforms, uh, I do really tell people, though, to go on my Facebook page because that's where I'm posting the most updates. I try to post every day of what I'm doing that day 
or what I have coming up or, you know, when stuff's being released. Um, so yeah, Facebook's is, is big bands in town too. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about that music video that you shot. Was that your first music video that you've done? I released, well, Mona Lisa was the first one and that one I released a couple, like a month ago, actually. Um, but the one I recently released June 1st, the river was done by Cody LaCrosse, who's living in Sturgeon Bay. He's done a lot of wedding kind of things and, um, promotional stuff. And that was, I believe that was his first music video. So Marcus hooked me up with Cody. He was like, um, I have someone who's really talented and wants to get into more of that music video kind of realm. So, um, we got together, Calvin Salmon, who's a friend of Cody's was my like, you know, stone face killer next to me in the video. <laughs> um, and I, I was in love with it. Cody sent it to me and I was just like, Oh my God, it's everything I wanted the song to say, you know, in a visual. Cause people listen to a song and they have their own interpretation of their head of what it looks like or sounds like or feels like. But then once you put it with the video, I feel like it allows people to kind of like look inside of your mind a little bit more. It's like reading a book versus like watching the movie. You watch the movie. It's like that's what the characters look like in your head. That's what it is now. So it's kind of similar with the music video. So um, so excited. That's on YouTube. Also, yeah, Genevieve Hayward on YouTube. Both of the videos are there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for us. Looking forward to seeing you at Steelbridge and beyond. And I'll definitely check out your music videos too. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you guys for having me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at DoorCountyPulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast.